Welcome to the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast. Welcome back into another edition of the CMB Fantasy Football League Podcast, episode 102. It is Wednesday, November 21st, and Zach, I think it's worth noting, it is the evening of Thanksgiving uh, Eve, I should say. It's We're recording this podcast the night before uh, Turkey Day, if you will. Getting ready to eat. It's, uh, it's, I think we should note that because we are recording this, you know, we could be with our families right now. We could be uh, pre- preparing for tomorrow, but instead we're doing this podcast for you, the listeners. Uh, so we're excited about this one, episode 102. Yeah, I'm pretty sure Sarah is about to start making some food downstairs and it's eventually going to make its way up here. And I'll probably just have to leave in the middle of the, of the podcast, like once the smell gets up here. So. Do you guys usually do you prep food like the night before and then like bake it the next day? How do you guys usually do it? Mm, yeah, that's pretty much what she'll do unless it's like a, a pie or something like that. Yeah, so let's do this because we haven't – I mean, since we got into the hundreds, we're not doing the jersey numbers anymore. And I kind of like the idea of us doing these drafts. Uh, the first one didn't go so well for me at least because you kind of shut me down. But when we did the, the Halloween candy, Zach, let's do, a, let's do a draft of Thanksgiving food. Okay. I'll give, you, I'll give you first pick. Thank you. I was going to ask for it. Uh, I've got to say, and this this has not always been my number one because I didn't actually eat this food at my like my family never served this on Thanksgiving. But in recent years, since Brandy and I have been dating, I've had this food every Thanksgiving. Uh, in particular, Brandy and her mom's macaroni and cheese recipe right there, number one for me, first overall pick. Ooh, what's so good about this macaroni and cheese? It's just, I don't even know where they got this recipe from. Maybe they created it themselves, but it's got like panko breadcrumbs on the top and like a cheese sauce, hand shredded cheese. It's a lot of cheese. I'll say that. Probably the most cheese I've had on a macaroni and cheese. Wow. That was semi, that was semi straight to the restroom. I mean, this isn't your like craft, you know, a mac and cheese served at barbecues kind of stuff. And this is the real deal. Yeah. All right. Um, I will take this pineapple casserole that Sarah makes. I think I've talked about it before, but it's it's a it's like pineapple cheese, a bunch of sugar, crackers. This is about all you need in life. It's it's fantastic. You would have to try it. See, I would have said you could have gotten that in like the sixteenth round. I probably could have, but I know what I like. And we're not taking this that literally. Also, we kind of just brushed past the fact that you said that the macaroni and cheese would send you to the restroom. Why? Why is that? I'm curious. Dude, cheese gives me gas. I would be just blowing up the place. I love it. Yeah. Uh, all right. My next one here, I'm surprised you didn't take this one number two. I'm going to have to go with like the dressing, the cornbread dressing, stuffing. I, don't, I think it depends on where you're from kind of regionally, but I've always here in the South, I think everyone calls it dressing, but that's got to be my number two right there. Okay. I'm going to go with uh, sweet potato casserole. Ooh, good one. Not on my list, but I do like that. Yeah. Uh, my next one is another – kind of in the same vein of what you said but a hash brown casserole all right which is a lot of cheese i know with the mac and cheese but you've got to add it okay i'm gonna go with um the turkey that my mom prepares it is uh it's better than your average turkey it's really good so i'm going with mom's turkey what makes it so good is it like does she have her own recipe yeah she's got some kind of seasoning she puts on it um so it's, it's just really good hot take i'm actually not a turkey guy i don't particularly care for it i'll eat a couple slices on thanksgiving but i would rather have this next one if i have to pick a protein i'm going with ham tp makes like a, a honey glaze with i think they put like coke on it uh coca-cola i should say not the drug 
uh, but it tastes like it's got drugs in it because it's the ham my dad makes is really good. So I'm going ham. Okay. Next, I'm going with uh, strawberry pie that Sarah makes. It is uh, something that she makes every Thanksgiving. It's it's fantastic. I'm going back to the sides. I know uh, I could probably just eat sides on Thanksgiving, kind of be a vegetarian because mashed potatoes got to be on the list for me. Yes, I love mashed potatoes. You know, I, I really like instant mashed potatoes. Is that really? Weird? Is that weird? A little weird. Do you so you don't like? Do you like the kind that like leaves the skin on? Um, I don't know. They like the little red pieces in it. You mean maybe? Yeah, like any yeah. any basically yeah, like non-skinless. Yeah. Yeah, I'm fine with that. When yeah. you say instant potatoes, do you mean like Uncle Ben's rice kind of stuff, where it's like you pop it in the microwave? <clears throat> I think that's what happens. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, I, I love it. I, I love it. Um, do you mix up any of your food at Thanksgiving? Because my go-to mix-up is corn and macaroni and cheese and mashed potatoes. I, I like that. It's almost like that uh, that bowl that KFC used to have. I don't remember what it was called. But, yeah, I, no, I, I do do that. I like to put the, the cream corn with the mashed potatoes. Yes. All right. Uh my next one is the Sister Schubert rolls. It's got to be Sister Schubert. Okay. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Um, I guess the last one, last pick here I'll, I'll, I'll take is uh, just some good carrots with some brown sugar. Ooh, going vegetables. A little healthy. I like that. My last one, pumpkin pie. Okay. And I know some people only eat pumpkin pie this time of year. I could eat that stuff 24-7, 365. Okay. Right. Big, big fan. Like I'll, I'll drink a pumpkin spice latte. I'm not even afraid. <laughs> All right. When you, because Zach you used to work at Starbucks, right? Am I wrong saying that? That's correct. Yes. How many, uh, like peak, making a PSL? Like, would you roll your eyes when people would come in and order that? No, um, because it all happened so fast. I didn't have time to roll my eyes. I had to make the drink and get it out. So it was kind of like a high octane uh, envir- work environment. You didn't oh, really yeah. like, like working there. Yeah, I mean, it, it it was all right. Kind of got old coming home smelling like coffee. Yeah, I could imagine. Um, so looking forward to Thanksgiving, looking forward to eating all those foods. I was, uh, I wouldn't say I was on the, like that first draft we did where you roasted me for my candy picks. I didn't think either of us got roasted on this one. Yeah, I mean, I think we're both hungry is all this comes down to. So we're we're okay with it. Yeah, so this episode, while you guys are hungry tomorrow, I don't know, people who are listening, what your plans are for Thanksgiving, but uh, this episode should be posted sometime tomorrow morning. So if you're headed for a Thanksgiving kind of late lunch or you're heading home for Thanksgiving dinner, you're making a drive somewhere, go ahead and listen to this episode. Let this be kind of a guide as you drive uh, and head to wherever you're having Thanksgiving. Yeah. All right, Zach, let's take a trip around the league. Let's take a trip around the league. Some of the biggest news in the NFL heading into week 12. we got to go back to Monday night, man. I'm telling you, Zach, the Monday night football matchup between the Rams and the Chiefs, that was a matchup for the ages. And I I can't think of – I've been talking to people all week about this. Can you think of a matchup or a better game in the regular season ever? No, I cannot. Did you watch most of it, Zach? Um. I watched about the from the second quarter on and off, and then I really watched the fourth. 
Right. I Just one of the craziest matchups I've ever seen. It was uh, 54-51. The Rams, of course, win that one. It was so wild, that whole matchup, that Yahoo's fantasy server crashed and took nearly 12 hours to add the points uh, from that matchup. And oh. that, def- that definitely shifted the, the standings because I was in 11th place before they um, you know, added the points for Monday night. I think Kevin moved up a spot. It, it was The game was so nuts that Yahoo couldn't keep up. Yeah, I saw that. I can't imagine. That was just crazy. 14 total touchdowns in this game, which that combined total is one more than the Bills' offense has scored all season. There's, there were three defensive touchdowns. So for people who kind of said, you know, this was all offense, not true. There were three defensive touchdowns. Uh, Chris Conley, who is the third receiver in Kansas City, had two touchdowns. No one really saw that coming. And Todd Gurley, zero touchdowns on the night. Did you, were you shocked by that, Zach? I was. I saw that he must have hurt his ankle or something like that, that people saw. Uh, looking back at the game, that he was kind of talking to Jared Goff and um, – they're, they're thinking maybe he told them, you know, maybe not to go to him as much. Yeah, Gurley finished with 12.4 points, which was his lowest point total all season. But obviously the Rams didn't need him. They get the win on Monday night. The Chiefs become the first team in NFL history to score 50 or more points and lose in that game, which is just bizarre. Uh, and so the league talk since Monday night has been that that matchup, that game on Monday night, it provides maybe the new standard for future NFL play. I don't expect – I mean, it's not going to happen overnight, right? Like the next game isn't going to be a 54 to 51 game. But would you, do you think that this has a trickle-down effect, Zach? Like do you expect more points to be scored? Or was that uh, just kind of an outlier? I mean, I, I just kind of think that was an outlier. I think maybe down the road, you know, some things will change. But nothing immediately. All right, so the Chiefs lose, and that is their second loss of the season, but they're still tops in the AFC. Another AFC West team, the Denver Broncos, a player that we've talked about probably more than any player in the entire NFL over the last three seasons, kicker Brandon McManus of the Denver Broncos. Dude, he nearly missed another game winner, but he finally he makes a 34-yard field goal. A big upset. The Broncos beat the Chargers, who were 7-2 and two before Sunday, and the Broncos win 23 to 22 on uh, Brandon McManus's field goal. I mean, the guy, it, the the kick barely went through the uprights, and this was just one week after he missed that 51 yard game winner against Houston. So, uh, Brandon McManus, just a lot of ups and downs. If you have him on your lineup, like I think Rich did, you got to expect the ups and downs of Brandon McManus, the highs and lows. Yes, and we definitely experienced the high many years ago. Yeah, and Jake experiencing the lows for sure. Jake experiencing a lot of lows right now. We'll talk about that here a little bit later in the podcast. Uh, and then last bit here before we move on to some injuries, Zach, this is pertaining to H&F. Jameis Winston, namely starting quarterback again uh, in Tampa Bay. He is now playing for his future contract. you got to think. Off. Get me off the Tampa Bay carousel. I'm sick. I was going to ask you about this. What's your take on, on all this? I'm about to throw up. So just get me off the carousel. I mean, as frustrating as the whole situation's been, this is, you know, Winston's second stint as the starter. You know, Fitzmagic had two stints himself this season. Whoever has been the quarterback in Tampa Bay, they've been in the top five to ten quarterback conversation each week. Uh, According to Roto World, Tampa Bay quarterbacks have been third most productive fantasy quarterback play through 11 weeks. So it's been frustrating not knowing, you know, who's going to be your quarterback the next week. Yeah. You know, you said through 11 weeks, that was probably about the time we traded for him. So, Right. Yeah, yes. 
so you guys have had both quarterbacks. So you've had, I think, decent plays each each week with Winston and with with Fitzmagic. Uh, but I just, yeah, it's it's frustrating for sure. And you know, I th- well, I think the the Jameis Winston Mariota debate's been kind of settled. I don't know if Winston's going to be a Buccaneer next year. Um, yeah, that'll be interesting to see. Um, yeah, Ron Fitzpatrick, nine point seven five points for us last week. That was awesome. Uh, 17.80 the week before and um, 30.45 the week before. So that was good. That was good. And then 12.60 for Jameis. That was when he got benched. So I mean, you guys don't really have much of a choice at this point on, you know, the trade deadline in the past and yep, the best you can, the best you can find right now is, you know, like a chase Daniel or somebody in free agency. So it looks yep. like you guys are staying on the carousel. We're stuck. Some big injuries in week 11. The biggest one, and Zach, I don't even know if we should talk about this. You talked about throwing up earlier. You might get sick talking about this injury. But uh, Redskins quarterback Alex Smith breaks his fibula and his tibia and is out for the season. Uh, Zach, have you already seen this play? I haven't seen it. Um, I never – I, I kind of was looking for it. I never saw it. Um, but, yeah, I heard it was pretty, pretty bad. I feel like we've talked a lot about some gross injuries. There have been a lot recently where, like, some legs snap and things like that. And I, I don't know. For some reason, I feel like you kind of – you like looking at that stuff. Well, I don't, I don't like looking at it. But, I mean, if I see it, it, I probably won't look at it again after that. Right. Yeah, and CBS felt the same. They, they played the replay once, and then they moved on. But yeah. uh, the Smith injury, definitely the biggest of the week. And there are a lot of really creepy, I will say, Joe Theismann similarities. So Yeah, that's weird. Joe Theismann, of course, uh, and I always think of the movie The Blind Side because they, they show that scene at the beginning of that movie and kind of explain the role of the left tackle. Joe Theismann, the same exact injury for the same team, and it was exactly 33 years to the day that Alex Smith had his injury on Sunday. It's just creepy. There's so many similarities. Have you heard all these yet, Zach? No, I have not. I've heard of uh, just a, a few, you know, how similar it was. But. So 33 years to the day that Theismann had his, had his injury, uh, the exact same injury, same bones and everything, same leg. Uh, the final score of both games, so the one 30, 33 years ago and then on Sunday, was 23-21. to 21. Both injuries took place on the 40-yard line. Both quarterbacks finished the season with exactly 301 passing attempts. That's the creepiest one to me. Whoa. And then both were injured, uh, or both injured quarterbacks were injured by uh, the, the only two players in NFL history to win three NFL Defensive Player of the Year awards. So Lawrence Taylor and J.J. Watt, uh, both you know, injured Theismann and Alex Smith. Just, just nuts. Dude, that's crazy. And Joe Theismann was in attendance Sunday, saw the injury in person. You think he had PTSD? Oh. So I, I one of my favorite Joe Theismann stories, every time I, I think of him, my mom, I can still remember this for some reason. My mom, you know, Susan Pace, not a big football guy, I'll say. Uh, and I remember being a kid, she was telling me about meeting Joe Theismann back in Oklahoma, like in the 80s or 90s. And she was explaining to me how his last name is actually pronounced Theismann. But when he was up for the Heisman Trophy, probably back in like the 80s, he changed the pronunciation to Theismann. Did you know that? I did not. So... Uh, Joe Theismann, a lot of creepy similarities. It kind of reminds me of the creepy Abraham Lincoln JFK coincidences. You know about those, right? Oh, yeah. Like, you know, Lincoln was elected to the House in 1846, JFK in 1946. Lincoln was elected president in 1860, JFK in 1960. Uh, Lincoln was shot at Ford's Theater 
and JFK was shot in a Lincoln car made by Ford. Yeah. And then uh, the other coincidence, which is kind of creepy, is both were shot in the head and killed. Yeah. <laughs> which gets lost there. But a lot of creepy coincidences there. Alex Smith, though, obviously done for the season. Do you think this is a career ender for him? I think it could be. I mean, if, if anything, when he comes back, he'll just be a backup. You know, I mean, I don't think he was that great as a starter. Right. He, he was already, I mean, he was drafted in 2005, so uh, he's not exactly a uh, spring chicken. So I, I think you're right. I think Washington needs to find their replacement. Colt McCoy's not the guy, but we'll see what they end up doing next offseason. They have him on the payroll through 2021, I think I saw, which is, that's just really unfortunate for them. Yeah. The next biggest injury this is news I think that came out of shock to some people, uh, myself obviously included. O.J. Howard, tight end for the Buccaneers, placed on IR. He had a knee-ankle-foot kind of combo there uh, from injuries that, that dated back earlier in the season, but then he gets hurt in week 11. Um, so Howard missed two weeks earlier in the season, like I mentioned, with a knee injury. That was before the Bucks buy, but even with the injured weeks, he was kind of forming into a top-seven fantasy tight end. So this is really a big blow to pace in your face. Yep, unfortunate. I Fortunately, though, I traded for George Kittle, who is now the number three tight end in CMB through 10 games. So it could, could have been a lot worse for me. So you're feeling good about the trade now? Oh, I'm feeling great. I was not at first. There's yeah. always that recency bias. And the recency bias right now is that the player I traded away, Carrion Johnson of IDP's Still Suck, uh, was ruled out officially today by the Detroit Lions with a knee injury. I think he's going to miss a couple of weeks. So he was really coming on strong, but uh, I traded him away for Kittle, and this looks like it's going to end up in my favor uh, as Carrion's going to be out this week. Another Lions player is Marvin Jones of Gregco, a uh, receiver, of course, also with a knee injury. He's also going to miss the Thanksgiving Day matchup with the Chicago Bears. So if you're listing this matchup on Thursday – and you still have Carrion Johnson in your lineup, like Jay and Jay do, uh, pull him. It's time to it's time to make a change. Yes. Also in that game is quarterback Mitchell Trubisky of the Chicago Bears, also on strong side. I mean, this guy's their backup quarterback, so it's not that important. But uh, he has a shoulder injury and is doubtful for that matchup on Thanksgiving. I don't think he's going to play. It's it's more than <laughs> doubtful. I think they just haven't ruled him out yet. But we were just debating last week, Zach, if if you know, strong side should replace Aaron Rodgers with Mitchell Trubisky. Right. Yeah. We posted that on the Twitter account for the podcast. We got 18 votes. 67% said that Mitchell Trubisky should be the guy that they start going forward. And only 33% said Aaron Rodgers, which obviously with an injury now that, that shifts things, but it's interesting um, if you think about it before the injury. Yeah. And I was a little surprised. Not, I shouldn't say the turnout of the vote. I mean, it was only 18 votes, but, um, yeah, I was, I was shocked that that many people picked Trubisky to, to replace Rodgers. Yeah. So, uh, with that, Zach, let's move on into our league. A lot to talk about, especially as we near the playoffs. Two more weeks of the regular season. Let's take a trip around CMB, do a little Week 11 recap. Zach, do you have our all-pro team? I do. Uh, top quarterback is Mahomes, 46.70. Top wide receiver, Tyreek Hill, 44.60, and T.Y. Hilton, 36.50. Your top running backs are Barkley with 35.20 and Zeke, 33.10. Kelsey was a top tight end, 28.70. And Traquan Smith, 31.70, is the best flex position player. Matt Bryant, 17 points, best kicker. Top DST was Los Angeles, 23 points. 
Your top IDPs, the number one was Samson Ibakum, maybe is his name, 26.75. This guy returned two touchdowns. Oh, he, yeah. filled, he filled up the stat sheet for the Rams. So Jalen Ramsey, 22.50. Alex uh, or Alec Ogletree, 21.75. Your top DBs, Clinton Dix, 18.25. And Sean Williams, 18.25, bringing the total to 404, which is – Way lower than last week. So it was a big week, I will say. Four players on the All-Pro team from the Kansas City Chiefs. Oh, I'm sorry. Just a little bit higher than last week. I got the numbers wrong. 395 was last week. So Okay. it was. I mean, I, I assumed it was going to be even bigger because of that big Monday night matchup. Like you said, the top quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, top quarterback, top receiver, top tight end, top IDP, all from that Monday night game. Yeah, I really thought this week would be big. I even recounted the – the numbers just to make sure it was only 404 I thought right. maybe I missed a position but yeah I mean I think eclipsing 400 um, in our league is really impressive so you know it's, it's a decent turnout you mentioned Tyree Kill the number one receiver from last week he in that game kind of a, not a quiet night but up until the fourth quarter I think he had somewhere around 25 points and in the fourth quarter he was all alone on a bomb from Patrick Mahomes four minutes into the fourth quarter, 73 yard touchdown. It was a 14.3 point play, which is just really rare uh, in fantasy football. But uh, he's now on a bye, of course, with a week 12 bye. but Tyreek Hill, he had 44.6 points uh, last week. That moves him into the number one wide receiver spot in CMB for the season by 35 points over the next ranked wide receiver. So he's just having a monster year. Unreal. Yeah, so I just a big game. Of course, both those teams, the Rams and Chiefs, are now on bye. I think they're the only two teams left with a bye week. But from here on out, um, no more byes. But we do have two more weeks left of regular season play in CMB. Uh, but before we get to some playoff implications, we have got to talk about what happened on the podcast uh, last week. When we had on our guest, Jake Stanford of Kemp's crew, who we have on you know, quite a bit. Good guest. I will say, uncharacteristic of Jake, because he came on and he was riding hot. He's in first place by quite a few points, getting a little cocky. And I'll say, he had a failed shot call on our podcast last week, Zach. Wouldn't you agree? I would agree. Jake called his shot, and the shot didn't pick up. Did you like that? I like it. He, uh, he basically came on, and he, he was so confident that he would beat ECW. He didn't even start a defensive back. We, we talked about him, and I, I remember I think you, you asked him about it, again, just to follow up and clarify, and he doubled down. He said, yeah, I'm not starting a DB, uh, but it didn't even matter. So even without the DB, he got crushed by 44 points after Saquon Barkley dropped 35 on Kemp's crew. And I just – you know, I haven't seen someone – uh, have to take humble pie the way you know, it's it's topical right before Thanksgiving. Jake was forced to eat some humble pie, and so here was a little bit of what Jake said last week. I basically just just play like they don't even exist because I don't think that they're ever going to compete for a title in our league. Oh, so I mean they're just they're just like that other team that's just kind of there taking up space. Oh man, can we, can we get a guarantee that you are not going to add a DB for this week? You are that confident. I'm not confident. I'm not. I'm just going to go with the team as it sits right now. Uh, I'm not really going to make any changes. So lock of the week. Lock of the week. Stone cold lock of the week. Hey, Jake. All right, and then Zach, I got a text message, and I think you got one of these too. 
and I think this came on Monday. Yeah, Monday at three forty-seven. I'm looking at the text. Did you do you know what I'm talking about? Did you get one of these too? Um, I think so. You you, you read what you got. I don't want to read the whole thing because it's kind of a novel and I don't get a lot of texts from this person. So when I saw it, I was a little alarmed, but I'll just read a, a little bit from the beginning. It says, Mr. Pace, this is Ross Garrison, president and CEO of East Coast Wombats. I have an important message for you concerning the environment of the CMB podcast. So I'm thinking, oh man, <laughs> like I thought he was going to like attack you and me for how we've been hosting. Um, but really, I mean, this is all directed at Jake and <laughs> I, I don't even know where to start. I think, you know, he, obviously he makes his case and then it says, sincerely, president slash CEO of East Coast Wombats, Ross Garrison, and then in parentheses, sponsored by H&F Industries. Uh, and before, Zach, I, I know we have a volunteer voicemail from Ross. Before we get to that, I do want you to know that he did say, he called you out a little bit, Zach. Okay. Uh, Ross says... Going to call and leave a voicemail, but wanted to formally send you a letter from the organization because all Zach does is tell me to call the hotline, which I will, but tired of Zach's games, tired of playing Zach's games, so figured I would reach out to you. You have permission to use any of this on the podcast, and <laughs> I, I need to know that he did spell your name Z-A-C-K. Ross. Get it right or pay the price. Exactly. So what do we have from Ross Garrison? I know he, he left a voicemail. Go ahead and play it for this us. Is, this is lengthy, so here you go. Hello, this is Ross Garrison, owner and president of the East Coast Wombats organization. Uh, usually when I come on the podcast, I come on pretty hot, uh, maybe a little out of control at times, uh, maybe uh, annoying to some at times, uh, but this time – I want to come at it a little differently. Uh, I just want to touch on a few things that I feel like has been ignored by the league uh, this season. Uh, there's a lot of disbelief in the East Coast Wombats organization. Uh, people like to uh, say things like, we take up space in the league. We're not a real organization. We're not a champion uh, contender. Uh, a lot of stuff like that that is untrue. Um, there's a couple things I need to point out. First off, um, this season, uh, we have lost four of our top ten picks um, to season-ending ACL tears. Um, Jimmy Garoppolo, Garoppolo, I can't say his name, maybe that's close enough. Um, Delaney Walker, uh, Ajaye, and uh, Fuller, wide receiver for uh, Houston. Um, we've lost all those guys to season-ending ACL injuries, um, and th that all happened within the first few weeks uh, of the season. So saying that, you know, we're just taking up space in the league, and after that happening and we're still in the top three, still tied, really, you know, we have the same record as the first-place team, uh, not to mention we did beat the first-place team by 40-plus points this past week, and our tight end did not have any points at all um, to say that we do not uh, cannot contend for a title that we're just taking up space is rubbish and a load of crap um, so I just wanted to get on the voicemail and maybe you guys will discuss this on the podcast and talk about you know I don't think in the history of the league you know I've only been in the league for a few years has uh, have any have anyone has any team lost that many people to season ending ACL tears 
and still uh, been in contention, contention for the title. Uh, I mean, I just think that's crazy. And also, you know, people like to get on here and talk about the trade that was, was made with H&F. Um, and in all honesty, when we that trade was proposed, we really weren't down for it uh, at the beginning. We didn't think it was that great um, of a trade. Um, we were a little hesitant, but we did uh, obviously go through with the trade and it has been a game changer for us. But um, you can't uh, just say that that trade is what has uh, made our season what it is. I mean, it has a huge role. It cut off right there. So yeah, it cut off because you know Verizon or whoever the voicemails through probably three, cut them off. That was three minutes. All right. So I I said earlier that we don't have a call of the week, but that felt like the call of the week. It was as long as some of our calls are. Uh, Zach, what did you think of it? What did you make of his voicemail? Um, I guess I, who I don't know who said that they were taking up space in the league. I guess that was Jake. Um, I have no idea. Yeah, but um. The trade, I mean, we made the trade. We never offered Saquon. They wouldn't answer our text messages. They were like, you know, the, the way that they work is like it takes forever. And they don't respond quickly at all, um, sometimes at all. And then we, we, we said Saquon Barkley uh, in one of the trades, and they Ross texted back immediately. And he said, hold on, you've got our attention now. <laughs> and – he said, throw in Crabtree, and it's a deal. We threw in Crabtree. That trade was taken immediately. So there was – I don't think there was too much of them thinking that was a bad deal. Um, that, that trade, once we put in Barkley, it happened very, very quickly. Yeah, all, all it took was an offer they couldn't refuse. Oh, yeah, exactly. So I'll say this. So for the record, no one on the podcast, so you and I, nor any guests have said that Ross and Reed take up space except – for Jake. So Jake did say that last week. I'm fairly certain he said that or something uh, similar in that same vein. But you and I have never said that. So, yeah. uh, Ross, you know, please direct your, your anger toward Jake. Jake. Yes, Jake. Also, I just want to give a shout out to Dalvin Cook. Um, if I could just read off his point total since we traded for him. Yeah, let's hear it. If you're okay with that? Um, zero, two, zero, 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 zero. Uh, 14.90, which we didn't start him. And then two when we started them. So we've got a grand total out of four points from Dalvin Cook since the trade. Four points. Look, I've got, I've got to say, Ross, I'm impressed. The voicemail, it was a little long, obviously, but I, I thought it was well done. I will say I do think that the last – it was really good up until the last, like, minute when you started talking about the trade because I think Zach may have, like, written that out in a text and sent it to you and you read it out loud because do, <laughs> no one is convinced that you were uh, not in – from the beginning on the Saquon trade, as yeah. like Zach said, as soon as you saw that, you were like, let's go. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was a great, I mean, it, it's worked out great for them. So, and I mean, they had, they got the depth um, to overcome these injuries and uh, it was also sponsored by H&F. Look, man, Ross is right. Like they're, you know, they don't get a, a lot of respect in this league. They take shots from Jake. They take shots from Matt and Courtney. Uh, pretty much everybody that comes on will take shots at them. Uh, sometimes it's been deservedly so because of Ross's behavior when he comes on the podcast. But, man, uh, Ross and Reed, they're in third place. They clinched uh, one of the first three playoff spots. They just beat the top team in the league by 40 points. So, uh, man, I'm clapping my hands to Ross and Reed. They're, they, they're allowed to come on and, and uh, talk like Ross just did when they're, uh, they're earning all these points and they're earning – uh, like I said, a spot in the playoffs. Yeah, Eli Manning's been decent for him. I mean, he's put up 20-plus points the past two weeks. That's all you can ask for, you know, from your, your quarterback. So, 
um, especially something that you just picked up like that. He's got a decent schedule coming up. So I feel like uh, th they're doing well considering, you know, they're having to start Eli. It was nice to hear Ross just speak from the heart and not feel like he has to say uh, thank you to H&F and thank you to Zach for being such a great commissioner and being such a great co-host and all this. It was nice to hear Ross without having to uh, feel like he had a gun to his head and say all those things about you. <laughs> I know you missed those. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's, we talked a little bit about the playoffs and the implications from last week and certainly heading in with this week. So, Zach, let's look at the standings just real quick before we move on and preview week 12. Lots of playoff implications. Uh, when you look at the standings right now, Zach, what piques your interest? Um, I think everybody is basically in play for those last uh, playoff spots. You know, Tecmo, they just got to beat us this week, and West Coast has to win, and they're in. Um, six, seven, and eight, though, will be interesting to see what happens. Yeah, like I mentioned, so ECW, along with Strong Side, they joined Kemp's crew, and all three of them have clinched uh, three of the eight playoff spots. Right now, like you mentioned, there are eight teams currently in fourth through 11th place that are in contention for the playoffs, I would say. Uh, so the three through eight teams, the three and eight teams, I should say, the Allman Brothers, IDP still suck in Isaiah 4031. Those guys are all out. I would say at this point in the game, but their remaining schedule, those three teams have a lot of excitement. Have you looked at the remaining schedule? I have not. So the Allman brothers, here's some implication here. They play IDP still suck this week. The winner of that matchup will essentially be out of the running for the ice bucket challenge. Okay. So final week of the season, Allman brothers play you play H and F and you guys will likely be fighting for that final spot in the playoffs. I would say come next week. Yep. Um, so Almond Brothers could play spoilers next week with you guys. Yeah, I, I really don't like our chances. IDP still suck. Here's some implications for them. Their matchup, like I mentioned, with Almond Brothers this week. Then they play Isaiah 4031, and that could likely be the battle for the ice bucket in a loser gets wet game. Yep. So I like that. There's no uh, tanking, if you will, excitement even for the losers in the last week of the season. Isaiah 4031 plays Greg Co this week who's currently in seventh place but has fewer points than you guys, than H&F. So Jordan could move Greg out of the playoffs with a win this week. I doubt it. Yeah, I doubt it as well. But uh, speaking of Jordan, and Zach, you and I texted a little bit about this earlier this week. Jordan put up just 93.85 points in week 11. That makes two sub-100 point weeks in a row for him. And I looked back at some historicals over the past few seasons, and this has not happened before in our league. It just – it kind of feels – I know you said you, you feel like Jake is destined to win this season and, and win the championship. It feels like Jordan's destined for the ice bucket. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, putting up two sub-100 weeks, uh, I just feel like, man, that's – got the ice bucket written all over it. How could it not? That's never happened. Right. It's just bizarre. Uh, and things like this certainly happen for teams that uh, teams of destiny, I should say, like J and J last year, me getting the ice bucket last year. It just kind of falls that way. And I just don't know Jordan's strategy this year. And we'll talk about that a little bit here in a bit. Uh, but Zach, let's go back and look at our locks and bold predictions, do a little review from week 11. Zach, I think you, you had a decent week. I will, I would say in that you picked the correct lock. You locked Kevin against H&F, so you picked against yourself in the lock. Yes. Uh, Kevin beat H&F pretty handedly, I would say, no offense, 214.70 to 148.5, which was the second largest margin of victory in week 11. Okay. So big beat for H&F, but a big win for you in the locks. 
Uh, I won my lock as well, picking Tecmo Power Runners, who beat the Allman Brothers 202.65 to 180.25. Bold predictions, I won that one as well, in that I said T.Y. Hilton would score 20-plus points against the Titans. Uh, He was the number two receiver in Week 11 with 36.5 points, just behind Tyreek Hill. So I called my shot on T.Y. Hilton, and he went off against the Titans. Nice. Did you watch that game? Uh, No. Yeah, we, we've been shooting sessions all su- every Sunday, probably till uh, Christmas. So I can imagine. Yeah, I mean, he Ty Hilton nine targets, nine catches, just torched Dory Jackson the whole game. Uh, and then Zach, I've got maybe like a minor bone to pick with you. So your bold prediction last week was Mariota will throw four touchdowns against the Colts, big time L. In that Mariota didn't even finish the game; he got hurt again right before the end of the first half. And I have decided that you are no longer allowed to make positive Mariota predictions after one, one, yes, gone wrong. Well, it's, you, it's just a sample of the pain that you have caused me and Brian. I was just gonna say you've you've gotten onto me for making bold predictions about each and F. And I know when we used to do podcasts at your house, you used to say that I I could predict injuries. Like I would say a player would tear his ACL and then it would happen the next week. Um, I'm just saying, no more Mariota predictions. Okay, that's fine. All right. All right. Uh, Zach, let's preview week 12. And the way we always start by that is the uh, fab recap. Not a huge week this week. Uh, there was two really big names here. So Gus Edwards, the new running back, I would say, in the backfield for the Baltimore Ravens. I got him for $26. And I got to say, it was more than I wanted to spend, but I knew that's what I would have to bid to get him. Uh, Chase Gaw bid $19 uh, or $21. Sorry, I should say. Um, and that's a good thing because I remember the night last night, uh, or I should say Tuesday night, I bid 19 and then I bumped it up to 26. So I almost missed out, but I get an early win over big orange bullies who I play this week. Yeah, that's, that's really big. I would have thought he would have gone for 30 plus. That's what I was thinking in my head. So if H and F had the, had the fab budget left, would you have spent that much for him? 31. All right. West Coast Wombats also bid $7, and East Coast Wombats, all the Wombats getting in on Gus Edwards. They spent three, but it uh, goes to pace in your face for 26. Cameron Brait, another player that I bid for after OJ Howard, the starter, went down. Thought I'd get his backup. Uh, I bid $10, but it wasn't enough. Tecmo got him for 16, and they are starting him this week. So uh, Cameron Brait, $16, the tight end for Tampa Bay. Um, your non competes, these are the only ones really worth mentioning. I found this interesting, Zach. Ricky Seals-Jones and Mercedes Lewis. I'm not even sure who Mercedes Lewis is playing for. Is he still a Jag? Um, I honestly don't know. Well, <laughs> Ricky Seals-Jones of the Cardinals, who put up, like, I think two fancy points last week, and Mercedes Lewis both go for $10 each to Isaiah 4031. So Jordan, I think, has now spent a grand total of $25 this season, and he bids $10 each on Ricky Seals-Jones and Mercedes Lewis when no one else bid. <laughs> Mercedes Lewis is the tight end for Green Bay. Oh my goodness! Is that because of? <laughs> oh, that- it, it, Jimmy Graham's out this week, so maybe that is is his thinking there. But ten bucks, no one else bid anything. Yeah, could have gotten for free. And then Jacksonville's defense and special teams goes to Big Orange Bullies for five dollars. Chases all in on the Jags Bills matchup. It sounds like. All right, next thing here, Zach, is you posted the question, and this is something. This is just like easy fodder for. Uh, discussion during the uh, Thanksgiving week. I think this is like our fourth 
Thanksgiving week on this podcast dating back for the last couple of seasons. And the Thanksgiving list, always something you want to talk about with a fantasy football podcast. Zach, who in our league, which players, which uh, studs on people's roster are, are some of the managers thankful for this time of year? Jake is thankful for Ertz, as he should be. I also said he should be thankful for Darius Leonard. Um, Kevin is thankful for Patrick Mahomes, which he got super late in our league. Chase is thankful for Andrew Luck. Suggs is thankful for Robert Woods, who he got round seven. Matt Collins is thankful for Jared Goff, who they took as their second quarterback. I'm not sure when they got him. And then Jordan Wan is in trolling me. I think <laughs> that uh, he's thankful for Rivers as a trade pick. All right, so I have notes on all of these, and we'll start with Jordan Iwanis, and you and I texted again about this. I just don't get it. Uh, he, he said, he said Philip Rivers as a trade pick. Rivers is currently the 10th-ranked quarterback in CMB, but Jordan has missed out on all the good times of Rivers. I mean, since he made that trade with, with you guys with H&F, where Jordan, he traded away the number two receiver in our league in Michael Thomas and Jameis Winston, and he gets Emmanuel Sanders, who's wide receiver 14, and Ronald Jones, who's running back 86. Jordan's only started Phillip Rivers twice. And during those weeks, Rivers was the number 14 and number 18 ranked quarterback. So it just doesn't make a lot of sense to me. He's still starting Carson Wentz every week, but he's really thankful for Phillip Rivers. Yeah. Um, and then the next one here, Matt Collins. Really good pick in Jared Goff. He was their second quarterback they took in the draft. Round 12, pick 10, which was two picks after Kevin took Patrick Mahomes. Uh, and it's just odd enough that Jared Goff and Patrick Mahomes are the number one and number two ranked quarterbacks in CMB this year. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, Collins and Courtney, they took Matt Stafford uh, in the fifth round, 61st overall and he is the 17th-ranked quarterback in CMB behind Fitzmagic and Andy Dalton. So they're definitely thankful for Jared Goff. Uh, Matt Suggs, like he said, Robert Woods in the seventh round. He's currently the number 10-ranked wide receiver in CMB. Listen to the, some of the names that, was, that were taken before Robert Woods. So Larry Fitzgerald, the number 35-ranked receiver. Amari Cooper, 56th-ranked receiver. Josh Gordon, 55th. Doug Baldwin, 73rd, Chris Hogan, 72nd, and Jamison Crowder, the 93rd ranked receiver. All of those guys went ahead of Robert Woods, currently number 10 in CMB. Oh, man. A lot of value there for Suggs and for John Nichols, of course. And then Chase, like we mentioned, said Andrew Luck. He was the last pick of the seventh round. He's a comeback player of the year candidate right now, the number six quarterback in CMB. And I would say that Luck doesn't necessarily negate the Leonard Fournette and LaShawn McCoy disappointments that Chase had in rounds one and three, but it's been a nice pairing for his fantasy and his real-life uh, rooting interests. Yes, this has to be uh, a fun time for him, you know, to have somebody that you like that much do that well. Sure. And, and you, mentioned, you commented on – Kevin said Patrick Mahomes, who he took in the 12th round at 96 overall. He's the number one quarterback in CMB by 61 points right now ahead of Jared Goff. You said you, you told Kevin, you know, can you imagine if we had a keeper league? I mean, he would have gotten him, what, in the ninth round next year? Yes. Yeah, depending on what escalator we picked, but yeah. So, Kevin, uh, really good pick there in Mahomes, but I will say J- Jake's Thanksgiving list of Zach Ertz, who is the number two tight end in CMB, he acquired via trade with Kevin. Uh, and he also uh, acquired Sony Michelle, who, you know, he's missed two games with injury. 
and has had his buy since Jake traded Michelle away to me. He used him as a trade piece to get Tevin Coleman. So Jake's just – he's parlayed that trade of Zach Ertz. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, he traded away Chris Hogan, who's now in witness protection. <laughs> and Chris Carson is in a running back by committee that's been all over the place. So I think uh, Jake's really thankful for Ertz and for that trade. Yes. He, Jake's been very savvy with his, uh, his trades. And uh, if Kevin had Ertz on his team, um, I think he would have already clinched. I think Kevin's team, should they make it in the playoffs, are a team you do not want to face. I completely I think, agree. Uh, Kevin, I mean, you know, like I said last week, I was guaranteeing that he's going to beat us. He's got a great team, just a fantastic team. Um, so I, I think he's a team you need to watch out for. Yeah, I completely agree. Kevin's got a lot of depth, and you got to talk about stacked at quarterback. I mean, he's only needed Watson really one week, and it's this week with Mahomes on yeah. uh, bye late in the season. This is the best time to have a good backup quarterback this late in the year when your starter's on bye, the number one quarterback in the league. So he gets Watson for a pretty favorable matchup, I would say, against the Titans. Yeah, I agree with that. So. All right, last segment here, Zach, and this will be the last segment of uh, the Thanksgiving Week podcast. We're going to do our Picks of the Week. Picks of the Week. All right, Zach, as we always do, let's do our locks and our bold predictions of the week. First matchup, this is East Coast Wombats, number three, already clinched a playoff spot versus Dragon Energy, number six, trying to stay in the playoff hunt. Um, Zach, I'll say this at the top. Rish won last week. He's in sixth place, and he needs to keep winning to stay in the playoff hunt, but I just don't think it happens this week. Uh, ECW, we talked about Ross and Reed earlier. We played Ross's voicemail. They have Calvin Ridley and Julio Jones, who they play the Saints this week in New Orleans. The Saints, is they are the team that just continues to give up the most fantasy points to receivers. Uh, I expect that Falcon-Saints game to be a shootout, kind of like Chiefs-Rams I would compare it to. Uh, and for that reason, I'm picking ECW. Um, I'm going to go with Dragon Energy. Um, I just think that they have better matchups. DJ Moore has been really solid. Um, if if Seattle can shut him down, though, I do like East Coast's uh, chances. All right, next one here. This is West Coast Wombats, number five versus Kemp's Crew, the number one team uh, for now. Uh, I will say this. So, Zach, I'm going to take you back to 2008. Uh, Lindell White stomped on the terrible towel after the Titans beat the Steelers 31 to 14. That was the game where they clinched the top seed in the AFC in 2008. Uh, the Titans were cursed and missed the postseason for 10 straight seasons after Lindale stomped on that terrible towel. Do you remember that? I do. Jake stomped on ECW last week on the podcast. Then he got stomped on in his matchup. I think the curse continues this week. Jake is cursed and Jake is going to lose to ECW's rival this week. WCW, the West Coast Wombats, just like the Titans lost to the Steelers rival that year in the divisional round of the playoffs. I'm talking about the Baltimore Ravens. That was a game Jake attended. He mentioned it on the podcast. Uh, the Titans were cursed. Jake is now cursed for all the shady through at Ross and Reed. I'm picking West Coast Wombats and a big upset. Okay. I'm going to pick Jake. Um, I just think that Stafford's going to get eaten alive by Khalil Mack and, um, Darius Leonard's basically playing um, quarterback for Jake's team, so it doesn't matter what Ben Roethlisberger does. Leonard's going to put up, like, close to 20 points. So uh, I'm going to give it to Jake. 
Next one here, Gregco number seven, trying to stay in the playoff hunt versus Isaiah 4031, last place team, trying to avoid the ice bucket. Jordan is destined for the ice bucket, like we've mentioned, especially with Carson Wentz and Wendell Smallwood in his lineup each week. It's Greg. I just, it's Greg. Yeah, I just – I don't know, man. More time. Don't we see more time? Greg. Everybody choose Greg to win. I, I'm just going to say, in a few months, we're all going to watch Jordan. He's going to be in that Eagles costume with the mask and the tired. talent. The yeah. mask and the talons, you know, yeah. that he always wears. It's going to be great. It's, it could be – I mean, it's going to be fantastic. I mean, he's going to take an ice bucket. It's probably going to be at the hoop or something. I hope it happens right in front of Derryberry in the middle of, like, classes switching. I hope somebody, like, goes up where that little statue of the eagle is above Derryberry and pours the ice bucket from there. <laughs> I think this loss to Greg, though, this will be the loss that guarantees Jordan gets the ice bucket. I, 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 bl- I believe it. So Greg Co. wins. We're, we're in agreement there? Yep. All right. It's And I was going to pick that as my lock, but it's just too easy. I don't want to – I just don't even want to pick it. Yeah, that's that's not allowed. That's too easy. Sorry. Low hanging fruit. Uh, strong side number two. I, I'm I'm thinking strong side has the strongest team in our league. What do you think? You think strong side has the strongest team? I think they have a stronger team than Jake right now. I really think whoa. they're the. I think they're the strongest roster whoa, whoa. in our league. Whoa, dude! I I just played them. I put up 191 points and I still lost by 25. It's gonna be a big game. This is a big one. This is uh. This could be the Monday Night Football Rams and, and Chiefs right here. I agree. This is the matchup of the week. Strong side, the number two ranked team, some uh, seeding implications for them. They're trying to leapfrog Jake and move into the number one spot. And your worst nightmare, Kevin, ninth place. He needs H&F to lose, and he needs to win to move into the playoff talk and into the, the hunt. Uh, I will say this. Kevin has a lot riding on the Monday Night Football matchup with the Titans and Texans coming up uh, this Monday. He's starting Deshaun Watson, like I mentioned earlier, DeAndre Hopkins, and Houston's defense. <sighs> Zach, for some reason, I have misplaced optimism about this game for the Titans. Okay. I just They've been so up and down this season, and after that awful game, that stinker and in Indy, I, just, I think they bounce back, and the Tennessee defense steps up against Houston's offense. I think the Titans have a big showing on Monday night, and I'm picking strong side. I'm picking strong side as well. I really like Kevin's team, as I said before. Um, but, yeah, same reason, you know, Watson going up against Tennessee. I really like his team better with Mahomes there. Um, I think that is the heart of his team. So uh, I'm picking strong side this week. Well, and selfishly, you and I both need Kevin to lose this week for us in, in playoff conversation. Maybe a little bit of uh, optimism there from you and I. Not really for me. I'm just – I really think Matt and John have – have this week i agree all right idp still suck number 13 versus the almond brothers number 12 sneaky good matchup uh i will say as much as tom brady has been in a funk this season he owns the new york jets and coming off a bye i just i don't know i expect brady and julian edelman to perform surgery on that Jets secondary uh and then for idp still suck carry on johnson's out for detroit like we mentioned earlier and idps their their next best option at running back is Isaiah Crowell. So I just – the battle for the ice bucket is next week. Jordan and IDPs after IDPs loses to the Almond Brothers this week. I'm calling this one my lock of the week. So James and Blake beating Jay and Jacob. I agree. All right, pace in your face, number 10 versus Big Orange Bullies, number 11. Uh, the loser in this matchup, I will say, is out of the playoff hunt. The winner uh, will live to see another week. 
Sonny Michelle is finally healthy, and I invested 26 fab bucks in Gus Edwards for a reason. I think both of them have big weeks, and I'm picking myself. Yeah, this is uh, this one's tough. This one's really tough because um, you got luck there going up against Miami. I like that. I, I'm I got to give it to Big Orange Bullies on this just because I don't believe it yet from Sony Michelle, and I need to see it again from Gus Edwards. Right. And that's, that. the, that's the only thing. Yeah, so I, I'm going to give it to Chase. I get that. Last matchup here, H&F Industries, number eight. You guys have – you're the you know the last team in the playoffs if it ended today. Tecmo Power Runners, number four. They can clinch the playoffs with a win this week. And I'll say this. I know you don't like me talking about your matchups all that much, but I have a little bit to say here. Even with Tyree Kill out on a bye, I really like Tecmo's lineup this week. Oh, I've, yeah. picked, I've picked H&F the last couple of weeks. I'm, I'm not picking you guys this week. I'm picking Tecmo. Uh, Marvin Jones is out against Chicago. They have Detroit's number one receiver again this week in Kenny Galladay. He scored 21 and 25 points on 27 targets the past two weeks. Just really impressive for Galladay. And I'm still jealous that they snagged Cameron Brait in free agency this week. I think he's just going to go off down the stretch with Jameis Winston uh, now that O.J. Howard's on IR. So I'm picking Tecmo. Yeah, I'm picking Tecmo as well. And uh, I'm going to make him the lock of the week. Do you have a bold prediction, Zach? Um, I don't, I don't know if I have a bold prediction, but you know, when, when, uh, Tecmo got Lamar Jackson, that just seems like the type of player that Tecmo would get, you know, like that, right? somebody like that, that, that runs or kind of like a gadget kind of player that that just seems like the player for Tecmo. So I'll say this, maybe you can come up, come up with a bold prediction, but mine is going to be in the first week. Uh, that Tecmo decided to bench Brown's tight end David Njoku and opt to go with Cameron Brait, their free agency prize. I am predicting that Njoku will score two touchdowns against the Bengals, but he'll be on Tecmo's bench, and then that's going to force them to put him back in their starting lineup next week. So David Njoku, two touchdowns. Whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, um, Deion Lewis is going to have over – 100 yards receiving against Houston. Oh, receiving. Receiving. I like that. Yeah. All right. Um, Zach, those are all of our picks of the week, and it's Thanksgiving week, so uh, a lot of football. We have a lot of football on Thursday, some on Sunday, and then a Monday night game with interest here in Tennessee, Titans, Texans. Zach, before we end this podcast, do you have a tweet of the week? Tweet of the week. I do not have a tweet of the week. All right. Uh, Keeping in tradition, I will throw one out here real quick. And since the big food holiday is tomorrow, I saw a food-related tweet. This was a deep cut. This is from December 3rd, 2013. But for some reason, it appeared in my timeline. And this is from one of my favorite backup quarterbacks of all time. The Twitter handle is at CYD6. Do you know who that is, Zach? I do not. It is Charlie Whitehurst. Okay. Uh, he tweeted this on December 3rd, 2013. I believe he was the backup in San Diego at this point. And no joke, the tweet just says, just ate a big dish of beef chow mein. <laughs> that was it. I just, I don't know. It's, it, it, it's five years old. It reappeared in my timeline. And it's the most, like, Whitehurst thing ever. Wow, yeah. Well, he's a weird dude, man. He, uh, he played at Clemson. Yeah. Started there. Uh, has been a backup the whole time he's in the league. I think he's officially retired, but the dude is just like, he's just so strange, man. He had that long head of hair. I think when he retired officially, he was dating Jewel, 
like the who will save your soul singer from the 90s yes it's just I don't, he's a he's like a renaissance man yeah you know I, I do have a tweet of the week now that i'm looking here would you like to know what it is of course yes uh michael jordan um as some of you may know he uh went out to visit his hometown of williamson north carolina to help pass out thanksgiving meals and donate sneakers as part of the hurricane florence relief efforts that's pretty good isn't it i mean i haven't heard of kemp doing anything like that haven't heard of kemp <laughs> at all really so uh good on good on michael jordan there hey i've got to say i heard someone the guys that sit behind me at work they are obsessed with like sneakers i've never been a sneakers guy i mean it's just like I don't know. I, st- I feel like I step on East Bay ads all day long. These guys are just like obsessed with shoes. Like I think they're the type, like when you used to watch like MTV Cribs and you have guys that had closets just full of shoes. Yeah. Like, these, these guys I think have those at home. Uh, <laughs> are you a big shoe guy, Zach, sneakers? I used to be a really big shoe guy when I was playing basketball, um, like on Wednesdays and stuff like that. So I, I, I collected shoes more to wear them than to just kind of collect them and, and look at them. See, these guys have them to collect and look at, and I think that they maybe wear them occasionally. Like one guy, he worked at Foot Locker at Opry Mills Mall for a long time, so I think he got like some discounts. But it's just like all day long, dude, it's just chatter about, have you seen the new insert NBA player shoes here? Like conversation all day long. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I, I brought up Sean Kemp uh, <laughs> the other day, and this guy, no joke, turns around, and the first thing he says is, dude, Sean Kemp had some of the greatest shoes of all time. Kamikazes, yeah. I even had a pair of those growing up. That's what Jake wore to the draft. I know. I I, I even referenced that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I bought when Kobe Bryant, when he uh, played his final game and scored what sixty one or whatever that was, um, he put out a pair of shoes and I bought them um, that night. And I bought them for like a hundred and I can't remember how much it was, maybe one hundred fifty, sixty, something like that, and sold them for four hundred dollars. Oh my goodness. So, I mean, like there's a market out there if you get the shoe and sometimes it's really tough to get it, but you can always um, flip them. Not necessarily for that much, but um, just depending on the shoe. Yeah. Did not expect this podcast to end talking about sneakers, but I'm glad it did. Zach, Thanksgiving episode. Hope you guys enjoyed this. We did a Thanksgiving food draft. We talked a little Rams chiefs. We talked about the incredible, uh, not really conspiracy, the, the, connections between the Joe Theismann and the Alex Smith injury and just uh, I don't know we we made our picks it was a good episode a lot of depth but the playoff picture is getting uh, tight and a lot of things are are coming to form so really exciting week ahead of us week 12 in the NFL and in fantasy a couple more teams will be added to the playoffs and we'll be locked in Uh, guys really appreciate your time and we'll look forward to next week That's a W. That's E1.